like to hear the puppeteers and play the characters that you cheer. So join us as we go, 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 below the frame. On this episode of Below the Frame, I'm talking to Raleigh Cruson. She builds puppets, famous puppets. Lots of the iconic Sesame Street characters were built by Raleigh. Plus, she reveals the secret of the Muppet Stitch. We're also going to pay a visit to the injury corner and ask a puppeteer a question about not puppets. Come on, it's time to go below the frame! Go, go, go below the frame! Welcome to Below the Frame with me, Matt Vogel. Please rate and review our podcast if you're enjoying listening to it. We need those numbers to go up, up, up! We need the ratings numbers in order to get that big advertising deal. That's not true. I really don't. I don't know what happens if this show gets a million great reviews and five stars or whatever. It's just a thing, okay? Uh, anyway, I am talking today with Raleigh Cruson, and as I mentioned in the tease, she is a puppet builder. She has worked for the Jim Henson Company before it was called the Jim Henson Company. It was called Ha or Henson Associates, and she is a brilliant. I am not exaggerating, a brilliant builder of puppets. And it's always a big treat to put on a puppet that was made by Raleigh, and she has so many fun and so many interesting stories to share with us, and I am excited for you to hear our conversation. So let's do it. Let's go Below the Frame with Raleigh Cruson. Below the Frame. Raleigh Cruson, welcome to Below the Frame. How you doing? I'm great, Matt. Thank you for having me on. It's been I, sort of a long time we've been trying to do this, but finally know, made but it. We finally lined up our schedules, and I'm so glad. I know you're you are incredibly busy with everything that you do, and so uh, I'm I'm grateful that you took the time today to uh, to talk to me about your really fascinating career. Do you mind talking to everybody about that? No, no, no. It's fine. It's been a long time, so I hope I can remember everything. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. <laughs> Otherwise, it'll be a short interview, but that's Very okay. <laughs> well, you know what we'll do? We'll start back at the beginning, and I just want to know, where, where, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Bay Village, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. And it's, you know, basically a little tiny town with, you know, it had parades and, you know, it was, it was a great place to grow up as a kid. Yeah. And, and well, t tell me about growing up there and your family. Um, I grew up with my mom and dad and I had a brother who was two years younger than I was. And it was, you know, it was a, it was a, a really fun childhood. My parents were very supportive. Um, they I don't, you know, I I liked puppets from early on, but I wasn't, you know, because I watched Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop and, and I saw a bunch of different puppets on TV. My cousins had puppets, but I wasn't into them right in the very beginning. I had my troll dolls. I liked, you know, I liked doing all the doll, you know, clothes making and house making and all of that kind of stuff. What age was this that you're doing? Uh, this was probably eight years and up, I think, is probably when I started. Because a lot of my construction was out of felt. So you didn't have to worry much about, you know, hand stitching could be big. <laughs> <laughs> and did you, where did you learn how to hand stitch? Just taught yourself or did somebody? Um, 
I believe my mom probably taught me. She was terrible at the sewing machine. She would like, she would never teach me. I learned sewing on a sewing machine when I was in probably seventh grade, but, and she tried to teach me, but she could never, she said it was like sweating blood to work on a sewing machine. So I'm most of my, most of my sewing work was first hand stitching. What were the other kind of things that you did as a kid in growing up in Ohio? Um, we had lots of pets. I had like cats. I never had a dog. I always nah. still want a dog. Don't have a dog yet. Um, we had ducks and chinchillas. And so we had, we had lots of animals. We played outside all the time. We were always making forts and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. It was much more outdoorsy than kids are now. In doing all these things outside and, and sewing, and uh, did you know what you wanted to be when you when you grew up? Mm, no, I probably thought I was going to be a teacher because that's what girls kind of could do when they grew up at that point. Yeah. And so, what did you do when you graduated high school? Um, I went to Denison University, which is also a small college um, outside of Columbus in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I had gone down to major in social work, I thought. And I ended up, I had a roommate who was in theater. She was going to be a fine arts major. And she said, oh, why don't you come down? You know, they need, they need help. So I went (laughs) down with her and I ended up ushering for her show. And I, I, there was something about it that just, I mean, I had done some, I had done some stuff in high school. I had done a lot of theater, but I was mostly backstage work. Um, and I thought, I really like this. I think I'm going <laughs> to major in theater. <laughs> so you, did you make the switch right then? And were you good? You were going to be an actor? Uh, no, 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 no. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no idea. I mean, I, I dabbled a little in acting. I was okay, but not that great. All my other friends that were actors were a lot better than I was. So I tended to be in the, you know, either stitching the costumes or building props or doing sets. Oh, so you so, were doing crew, you'd like crew work, stuff I like was that. You crew. still, yeah. you enjoyed the, thea- the theater Part, yeah. but you wanted to be kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. I was much better behind the scenes than I was in front of the scenes. <laughs> so, so when you graduated from college, what what did you graduate with? Wait, well, I graduated with a with a bachelor's in in theater, oh. and and I had done a specialty in children's theater at that point. So I got to I actually took my first puppetry course was in college. Um, the man who was our major set designer decided that he would teach puppets. I don't think he knew anything about puppets, but he got (laughs) us a book and he kind of said, it's up to you guys go for it. So I did, we made marionettes. Uh, We, I wrote and directed and did the set design for a, uh, for sword in the stone. I adapted the book to a play we went, we did puppets. We had no idea what we were doing. We looked at the books and we did a whole, I built a whole castle stage. And so the drawbridge came down and that was where the stage was. That so that cool. was fun. And then we yeah. had, we just, we just went crazy. We thought yep. this is great. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of puppets were you using with the, uh, with the drawbridge? For those those were all marionettes. And, at and that point, that's the only thing. And yeah. And they were, they were a good two feet 
three feet tall. Were you standing behind them, and or are you way we were up, high? up on a we were up on a bridge, oh. and we were you know doing real marionette stuff. I and mean, self-taught, not, really. You were all yeah, self-taught. Oh, all self-taught. We had no <laughs> idea what we were doing. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. I think we figured out that we had to weight their feet. Otherwise, nothing was going to happen with them. <laughs> yeah, it would be a little tough to make anything happen. What, what, around what year was this? This was in, let's see, this would have been like 73. So were you aware at, at any point of Sesame Street or of Jim Henson or of the Muppets at all? Yes. Um, I had watched, yeah, growing up, Ed Sullivan. I'd right. watched like Topo Gigio. I'd watched all of uh, Jim's various things that he did on Ed Sullivan. I'd watched the Jimmy Dean shows. So I know about Rolf. Oh my gosh. You really yeah. knew about all of these things. I knew about all of them, and, but they weren't, you know, I knew about them, but it wasn't like out there yet. It wasn't out there until I did, I, I was in my senior year in college, uh, we did a intern program, and it was with the Great Lakes College Association, and basically what they did was they sent kids from the Midwest to New York to work with Broadway producers and just in the arts. And well, that's I really managed, great. Yeah, it was super. I don't know if they still have it, but I had friends who were working off Broadway and all, you know, just as interns, which was fabulous. It's just so amazing that they would send kids from the Midwest just to send them out to New York on their own. Oh, and New York was really interesting in the 70s. It was yeah. kind of scary. <laughs> where, where did you stay? Did they put you up or they how did that work? Up. I stayed in a, on the Upper West Side on, it was 71st, just off of West End, in a hotel. It was like a residential hotel that yeah. was called the Coliseum House. Um, it's still there. I don't know quite what it is now, but there were cockroaches in there that were the size of mice. Um, <laughs> and the, you, you know, you'd find plaster from the ceiling that had fallen on your bed during the night. It was, it was interesting, but yeah. you know, we were, it was great. <laughs> well, yeah, despite all of those, uh, lovely additions to your, to your, uh, residence, were you, uh, just, did you feel excited about being there in New York? And oh, Yes, so excited. Absolutely. I mean, it was like one of the best times of my life. And I must you? say we were just, it was, and I didn't start out at Muppets. I yeah, I was going to say, where, where did you go? Where did you start okay. out? I first started, um, I interviewed with a, well, she was turned out to be a newscaster. Her name is Judy Licht. And she worked for Fox at the time. No, no, no. She worked for, um, I think it was like Channel 12 or something. It was, she worked on a show called Almanac, which was a public, you know, broadcasting thing. Um, it was a show that had three different themes for each half hour. And it would be like, you know, baseball or this or that. So she was the host and I was would help her, you know, just get her research ready and do stuff like that. And her husband at that point was Manny Eisenberg, who was a Broadway producer who knew Jim. They were oh. working together on Jim's, what Jim wanted to be his Broadway show. Right. Okay, so 
Judy had seen my puppets because I brought a couple of my marionettes with me. And halfway through working on that show, she was asked by Fox to come and be a newscaster. And she said, I really want to take you with me, but I can't. Oh. You know, I I can't because I'm going someplace else. But um, my husband, Manny, um, is working with Jim Henson and you have these puppets and do you want me to try and get you an interview? And I went, sure. Cause at that point, obviously I knew about Sesame street and I yeah. thought, whoa, this is cool. I mean, yeah. sure. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. You yeah. can't take me with you. What else am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> sit with the so, cockroaches and the plaster in my yeah, room? Right. No, no, I didn't want to sit around in my hotel room every night. <laughs> that would be awful. Oh no. yeah. Yeah. So I went and I interviewed with Diana Birkenfield and Bonnie Erickson, and I turned out to be their first intern. You were the first intern. I was the first intern. And, and at this point, what was the company called? Was it Ha? It was, was Ha. It? Yeah, it was Henson Associates okay. at that point, right? And so you're the first intern. What were they going to have you do? What, oh, Were they going to everything? Everything. I Answer phones? I answered phones. I shopped. I actually took care of money for a while, which was not the best thing for me to do. <laughs> yeah, that's, same it's same like, here. Great. Yeah. Please don't give me money. Please take this away from me. Um, yeah. I mean, whatever. I dyed stuff for them. I Bonnie would let me. You know, if she did a rough, soft foam sculpture, she'd let me take it to the sander and carefully sand it. Of course, I lost a couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to learn. You got to yeah. learn. That's a skill. Yeah. There was one, though, that was like, it was the news, it was the, the Muppet newscaster. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was like right before, you know, because I, you, you get into a Zen thing with the sander, you know, and you, you Zen it and it, and it works really well. But if you get your attention taken away from it, it goes <laughs> right through the sander. <laughs> and I managed to nick his, like his upper lip. And at that point, it was too late to do anything. So the very first newscaster has a little nick. I mean, we sanded it away as best we could, but he has a tiny nick in his in his foam. Well, let me ask you real quick, just so I understand. So someone snipped the head. Right. Yes. Just Bonnie scissors. snipped the head. Bonnie snipped the head out of out of a right. block of foam. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then you had to smooth the the snips down because there's you know it's not right. perfect. And the, right. so you smooth it down with a sander. Yep. And uh, and then do they then flock it or were they? Yes. This one was then, flocked. Yeah. Okay. You put the flock glue so on it and then do the electrostatic process. Okay. And so that's kind of what they used to do. They don't do that as much really anymore. Well, not as much. Um, but. Yeah, we still do it. I mean, okay. it's 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 a little more delicate than covering it with fleece or something. So, mm-hmm. so many of our puppets go to foreign countries now that it's really hard to keep it clean and I would think nice. Yeah, so yeah. we tend to try and do more more fleece covering. It would last longer. Yeah, uh, just yeah. in general. Okay, and so you you can, you can wash fleece and you can't really wash <laughs> flocking. Yeah, and it's also if you if you nick it with a with a sander, you might see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know how many people actually noticed it, but I sure did. I I remember sitting on the stairs outside. In the hallway, you know, in tears, going, oh, my oh. God, they're going to fire me. 
but they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> and so, but you're doing all these different things. You're you're doing everything that an intern would do. When did it yeah. kind of start to focus on puppet building? I did my first puppets. Yeah, during that internship with the help of Dave Goles, who was building the planet Coosbane. Yeah, I've um, never heard of this guy, Dave Goles. Who, who never heard of him. And he was nice enough to actually sort of take me under his wing. And I ended up making one of the Coosie pups. <laughs> <laughs> so that was basically my first puppet was a Coosie pup. Wow. Yeah. And so that was, was that was that for uh, what was that? created was for was for that the, for the Muppet Show the, or for it was for the the it was for the Muppet Show but it was for sex and violence ah the I guess the yeah the, 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 the pilot yeah, yeah the or, pilot for it yeah, yeah. uh it, it, along this way okay so you met Dave and Dave took you under his wing that was very nice of him it was. Uh, yeah and uh he was also a performer at the time or was he just he had building? just basically he was starting off at that point he was mostly in the shop i mean because he had he did the let's see wait he did the he did the male coosbane and then the koozie pups i mean he was basically building at that point i think i mean he did he was working as a performer on sex and violence definitely but I did too. <laughs> I was going to ask. I was going to say, if you're building puppets, and then you're also maybe you're performing. You did some marionettes. Did you say, "Hey, I can, I could, I maybe I they, could"? They them. actually. I was one of the. There's a uh, there's a, a thing called birds and trees, and I did one of the birds for that. So I mean, I I did dabble in it. I mean, I'm I'm short. I'm very short. <laughs> and it was. I'm sorry. It was all men at that point. I mean, tall men, tall, tall men. men. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, what I really liked doing was all the right handing. Oh, you liked assisting. I really liked, yeah, I really liked, I liked assisting. I really had a good time with that. What were some things that you did assisting early on? What, what did you um, Let's see, early on. I did uh, quite a bit of assisting on Saturday Night Live when we mm -hmm. did the, the Gorch puppets and all that. I would, I would help out with that. Um, I helped Jim and Frank early on with on Muppet Show. You know, I was I yeah. I did a lot. Actually, I did some some Rolf on the piano because I could oh. play the piano. So I helped Jim with that a lot. That's a lot of fun. That's, that's yeah. A Until fun Stevie skill. came along and was better than <laughs> I was. He's, so. <laughs> yeah, he's just just incredible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so along this way, I'm guessing you must have met Jim at some point. Oh, I met Jim really <laughs> early on. Yeah, yeah I mean, because Jim would come to the workshop a lot. And he'd mm -hmm. just hang out with us and chat and sometime he'd, you know, I mean, he did the original Swedish chef. So he would, you know, he'd sit there with a block of foam and start carving stuff out. And he was, he would come and look at our stuff. And, you know, it, it took a while when I was first learning how to build puppets, I would only get to build bodies. I mean, that's okay. basically how you work your way up to heads you start That's with the bodies you start. you start with the body yeah. you start with the bodies if you get the bodies then they you know then they work you into the heads and i think the first puppets i did were um stocks and heaps and they were also for sex and violence mm -hmm. so and, i mean i had like two really furry feathery things and then i hit these weird phallic looking stocks that was uh -huh. like 
and they would make fun of me all the time, everybody <laughs> in the shop. Because here I am, I'm from the Midwest. I was really, really shy. And, you know, they'd always make fun of me. So it was like I spent most of my early years blushing. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the workshop. Yes, uh, <laughs> welcome to the workshop. Speaking of the workshop, if you were to picture yourself back there in the workshop, looking around you, who all was there at this very busy time of Muppets and what did they do? Um, bon, let's see, I can do it by desks at this yeah. point. Bonnie yeah. was up in front and she was basically, she and Carol Lee kind of were together as heads of the shop. Carol Lee was in charge of Sesame and Bonnie was like more in charge of other projects at that mm -hmm. point. And then John Lovelady sat directly in front of me and he helped Carol Lee on Sesame Street, but he also did a lot of extra puppets as well. I mean, everybody kind of did everything at that point. Then um, I, my desk was there. Dave's desk was behind me. Don's desk was behind Dave. And then there was Carol Lee. And then Foz was upstairs. <laughs> um, we had Mari Kasel was around as well. Uh, she was also designing and building puppets at that point. Um, who else was there? Kermit Love would be in occasionally. Um, Christopher Lyle, his partner, would be in. So, I mean, that was the basic. And I got Larry Jameson his job. Larry and I went to college together. Oh. And Larry was planning on coming to New York and didn't know what he was going to do. And I basically said, oh, well, maybe Foss needs some help. Yeah. <laughs> so they hired him. Wow. Uh, what was the atmosphere around the workshop like in those early days? You did say, you know, they were, they, you know, gave you some, they teased yeah. you. Yeah, they <laughs> teased me a lot. Everybody, I mean, it was, uh, Don Sleen was fabulous. I mean, we always, Don was always setting up little tricks and jokes. And <laughs> I'd come in, I was, I'm an early bird. I've always been an early bird. I'm still an early bird. I would come in first thing Monday morning and Don would have been in over the weekend. And he would have rigged something to the elevator door. The elevator door was like a double thing. So you had to unlock the inside part and then you could open the outside part. And he would always like rig a, a, a dress dummy with a monster on it so that when you pull back the door, the monster would swing around and go, <laughs> <laughs> or there'd be, you'd trip a wire and a little piece of fluff would go zinging off down into the, I mean, he was, it was, I, I'd always sort of brace myself Monday morning to find out. And I'd, I'd miss it if he didn't do it. It's like, yeah. maybe he wasn't here this weekend. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I mean, people did that all the time. There were, we had mice in an aquarium and Don had rigged, you know, slinkies that they could walk up and they'd walk up the slinkies and across the ceiling and down into another <laughs> tank. They were, it was great. It was, we always had a good time. I mean, that is what I like about the workshop the most, which extends even till now is that people like to play jokes on each other. You know, it's always, I mean, unless we're really, really, really busy. <laughs> <laughs> which does happen. That which does, does happen. happen. Does deserve, yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, I mean, we all get along really well and it's, we just have a good time. We enjoy each other. That's kind of a that's that's an important thing, and I and I think you know that that also goes into the 
you know, the puppet world, the puppeteer world too. Right, you know, it's, it's right. always better when everybody enjoys each yeah. other's company. It's, it makes it much more pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and the, and the play aspect, you know, everybody likes it. It's fun to play. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's kind of good that done, but we yeah. love to play. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We'll be back with Raleigh Cruson in a few minutes, but first, um, I said, but first, hmm, this is uh, this is usually where Jack knocks on the door and he gives me a hard time, but I guess he's not. Hey. Oh, gosh, Jack, you scared me. Well, oh, when did you get here? I've been here the whole time. Really? No. I know you don't believe that, and neither do they, Dad. We all know how editing works. Okay, Jack. Injury corner time. Oh, oh so you can just come in and... Say what bit's next? Yep. Oh, well, uh... Commence injury corner. <laughs> Joining me today on the injury corner <laughs> is Bruce Lenoyle. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Bruce. <laughs> yes. Now, I have a question for you. Oh, no. Have you ever had an injury while you were puppeteering? I can guess that you have because that's why you're at the injury corner. So <laughs> yeah, please. it kind of works out that way. Yeah. I hand it over to you. Ah. Uh. It was I was I was I was trying to do uh, a really long scene with with uh, the cat in the hat puppet, and I was I was perpendicular. I, I mean, it 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 constricted my 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 lungs and my and my my chest, and somehow my my lung just depressed, and all of a sudden I couldn't get my breath, and um, I had to go be rushed to a chiropractor because I. All of a sudden, everything just just stopped. I, I've had oh I've had back, um, and, you know. Of course, we all have because you know we're 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 always tilted. You know, it's like tennis players. You have one giant arm, and you have this withered up, you know, helper arm. But but when I, when that happened to me, um, I got I got adjusted because of the, the one of my uh, vertebrae was was pushing against a rib that was actually pushing into my lung, and nothing got punctured. But you know, working so hard to make it work, I I just lost my breath. I literally lost my breath. So uh, it was repaired, and I did get back to work uh, the following day. Wow! So Not fun, but you know, taking one for the team. You know, it's <laughs> that's part of it. Yeah. If you're comfortable so. as a puppeteer, you're not puppeteering correctly. Is 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 kind of the the motto, that's, right? That might be the lesson. It's here. a bad motto for anybody, yeah, but it's really kind of true. <laughs> Now, back to the show. We're picking it up with Raleigh Cruson. Uh, you did so many, so many shows, so many projects uh, dur- during your time at, uh, Jim, um, in, at Jim's company. Uh, Muppet, like, Muppet Valentine's show, Muppet show <laughs> Sex and Violence, which we talked about. The Muppet show, it says you were a Muppet designer and workshop supervisor. Were you over in London or were you in New York doing that? No, I was in London. I was in, I went I went to London for six weeks and ended up staying about six years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was occasionally uh, back in New York, but I would guess the last four years I didn't come back at all. Wow. Yeah, even I, during I, the off time. Yeah, even during the off time. Well, I had a boyfriend over there. I mean, because I'd basically moved my life over there, yeah. so I had a boyfriend over there, and I, I felt like my life was more there. Than here, and there was always the the time off in between was not that long. I also at one point did a uh, 
I went and took a course at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art in stage management. Oh, why did so, you do that? Why did you Why did you want to do that? I I wanted. It was you know there have been a couple of times when Muppets has been you know not as fulfilling as I wanted it to be, or I wanted yeah. something else, and that was it was one of the off times. And I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe I should do something else. So I went and learned stage management. Um, I built a lot of props for them. They actually asked me to stay and become their prop master. But <laughs> at that point, I went, no, nah, I really like building puppets better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I went well, it's, back to Muppets. <laughs> it's interesting that you were kind of going back to your college days of doing stuff backstage and, yeah. uh, you know, building props and and getting back into theatrical stuff, but yeah. the Muppets were too strong a call for you. You just couldn't, uh, you couldn't stay away. Couldn't stay away. And, <laughs> and Jim and Dave Laser at that point were in a, I mean, Jim was always good about if people needed to go away for a little while, you know, he was fine with that. Mm -hmm. He was like, well, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and go, to, go to the Royal Academy. Sure. 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah. But I figure it helped me with my, you know, just knowing London, because if, you know, working in props and being a stage manager, you had to make a lot of calls, you had to know where everything was. So it actually helped me when I came back. What was this between what seasons? Do you remember? Um, I think it was between the third and fourth season, I mm -hmm. think, because I was there all of the fourth and fifth season. So what was it like to work on The Muppet Show? Was, what was the pace like building puppets on a show like that? How much time would you have to build new puppets for new shows? <laughs> Not much. Um, no, I, I love that. I mean, it, it was, we would go in Sunday and we, everybody was invited to the read-through, which I really liked. Because um, we got to meet the guest star and everybody got to kind of hear what the script was like. Um, and then we'd find out, a lot of times we would find out if they needed a special puppet, we'd find out before then. Because That's Jim good. knew that it would take a while to build it. But a lot of times we heard it about it for the first time on Sunday. <laughs> and they would start taping on, uh, let's see, Sunday, Monday. Tuesday, is that right? Tuesday, Wednesday, no, Wednesday. Yeah, this is a long time ago. Oh, no, that's um, okay. No, I know it's, you know, I know that they did like a pre-record day and then they did yeah. a, a guest star day. Yeah, and did a bunch guest of, yeah. star day and then, yeah. So, so yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of time. It was, again, it was like whatnots. So we were making up puppets all the time. Um, I got to make, Fufu, Miss Piggy's little dog, and that was that was based after our prop lady had a little dog whose name I can't remember what the dog's name really was, but that was a stand-in for Fufu. It was that the real in that the show. That was the real. Yes. That's yep. Like a trained dog. That dog yeah. seems very trained. Yeah. Yeah, she had worked really hard on training it, and then <laughs> I had to, you know, I had to kind of match it Muppet style. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's a, it's. I just was watching an episode of the Muppet Show the other day, actually, where there's Fufu and it's the real dog, and she yep. you know, jumps down, and yep. there's Fufu, the puppet that comes up <laughs> and grabs something from Miss Piggy. So, uh, what is the most unique puppet 
that you ever built for the Muppet Show. Wow. Or the hardest one, either that or like the one that you just, it was so difficult. I think that, uh, wow, there were so many. Um, hmm. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that they were hard or anything, but I liked always doing the animals. Mm. And I got to do sheep and seals. And I mean, I, that, those were my favorite ones to do were all the animal puppets. Is that because they were more realistic? Maybe. Um, I th- oh, wait. The, oh, for Debbie Harry, we made these really strange, <laughs> like, you know, they were, it turned out to be like AM puppets. They were, you know, we could take the features off, but they were her, like her backup group. Yeah. And they were, they were really odd. I, oh, and then Kenny Rogers, we had the, the, guys that were with him on the train and stuff. Yeah, they're like very weird yeah, human kind of things. Guys, they were they were interesting and those were yeah. flocked. Those oh, were really? yeah. and flocked. And again, we didn't have much time for those and that so yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> like mm. <laughs> any any big uh mishaps that happened on the Muppet show with a puppet that you can remember that may have happened. Oh, I'm where... sure there were, I, I have to tell it you always what, happens. Yeah. I mean, I have to tell you, this isn't really a mishap, but this is a, this is a Frank Oz P- Miss Piggy story. We built puppets, but we also wrangled and our workshop was right off the stage, the, the studio that we used all the time. So a lot of times you'd be out there with them and Frank would be, Oh, Miss Piggy's neck, it's just not straight. Can you take this in and repin it? And you kind of always, you learned when Frank was having a hard day. <laughs> and so you'd say, okay, I'll be right back. So you'd yeah. go back into the workshop, you know, take a <laughs> sip of coffee, yep. you know, look at the pig, go, mm-hmm. head's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Take it back out to me, put her back on and go, oh, it's much better. Thank you. <laughs> and it's like we didn't do anything. It's yeah. like, yeah, but we knew. But because we worked with them all the time, you could tell when they were having, you know, oh, yeah. Frank's, yeah, I had a rough night. Okay. Yeah. It's almost like he needed just a mental reset. And yep. you take this away, bring it back. And he's like, and bring right, it I'm back. Right It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Were there any guest stars there that you were? Just Gaga over? Um, oh, what was his name? Um, he was, oh, shoot. Um, not that I was Gaga over, but he tried to take me out. Oh, <laughs> really? Um, oh, oh, it was um, Ben Vereen. Oh, Ben Vereen. Ben Vereen, wow. yes. Ben Vereen tried to, tried to take me out, and David <laughs> Laser had to, he said, I, I guess he went up to him and said, you know, that's not cool. Because, yeah. I mean, I was like 21 or something. I don't mm-hmm. know how old Ben Vereen was. But, you know, it was like, mm-hmm. mm, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> a lot operator of times, Ben Vereen. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, a lot of times Jim would take us all out to dinner with whoever was the guest star. And at one point, we all got to go out with the Star Wars crew. So that was fun. I'll we, bet, yeah. Yeah, that was that was really fun. We played Spin the... I know I've told this story a couple of mm-hmm. times. They, we played Spin the Bottle. I don't know. I guess we had a little too much to drink at that point. But yeah, we <laughs> While played, you were out at dinner, you played Spin the Bottle? Uh-huh. 
<laughs> may have been gone at that point. I'm not sure. But <laughs> there were a whole bunch of us sitting at a big round table and we played spin the bottle. And I got to kiss a Wookiee. <laughs> well. Yeah, well. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Cool, I mean, that's a great memory. That's really cool. <laughs> During some of that time with the Muppet Show, there were some movies that were made as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the Muppet movie was made. That was the break. That could have been the break in between the first and second or season. Between the first and second. Because I didn't work on it. Because I think that was one of the times I stayed over there. You stayed in London. So yeah. they did the Muppet movie back in America. Right. And you stayed. And I stayed. So I didn't really work on that. Because that was all out in California. But then um, the great Muppet caper happened. Right. That was it, in London. It was in London. So I did... I did do some work on that, mm -hmm. but I mean, we were still doing, you know, we we're probably getting ready for another Muppet show season at that point too. I mean, it was, it was all very, you know, back and forth and back and yeah. forth. How, how many people would be, I mean, did there, was there a second team that came in to work on the films or would you kind of, yes. you would jump over here while this main team yeah. was working on the movie, you might come over and do something. That That's what, yeah. I mean, it was basically a whole second team, and then they would call us in if they needed us. Mm -hmm. And then you worked on... Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Don't Muppets Take Manhattan. Manhattan. Muppets yeah, Take that, Manhattan. One was, that one was fun. And that yeah. was back here. That was back here, yeah. And it was... I was... Jane Gutnick and I were head of the workshop out at the studio. Mm -hmm. So we were sort of, you know, in charge of all the puppets. And they basically, it was... And Barbara... Davis was there for Piggy. <laughs> uh, right. Gotta <laughs> all have Piggy, one person. All yeah. Piggy all the time. Uh, so it was basically the three of us who did most of that. We call people in for the big scenes. But a lot of times we were also performing for that, too. I did a oh, lot really? of right-handing on that as well. And some where, background guys. Where did you shoot that when you were in studio? Where was that? I can't even remember where we were. Was it in Manhattan or was it in Brooklyn? No, it was in... Queens. It was in... Queens, is that right? Or Brooklyn? I don't know. <laughs> Was it? Is it a still still a studio that's out there, or is it, it gone? I'm not sure. I uh. honestly don't know. I mean, at that time, it was so intense, and the hours were so long. I came home one night, and and Art, my husband, took us out for dinner, and I fell asleep <laughs> at the table before the meal came. You were it probably was, working such long hours. It was really long hours. Mm. <laughs> it was so long. And there basically was three of us, you know, and yeah. we just call people in occasionally. So you've built a ton of puppets in your time on many, 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 many <laughs> projects. A lot of Muppet projects since the 70s. Uh, like I said, Muppets Take Manhattan, Labyrinth, Christmas Toy, Jim Henson Hour, Dog City, Muppet Christmas Carol, Animal Show, Dr. Seuss, Muppet, Muppets from Space. And many, many, many more. Uh, what is, Raleigh, what's one of the secrets to building a great puppet? Uh, it's like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of me goes into a puppet. I try, if I know who the performer is going to be, I try and at least fit them or at least try and figure out, you know, how they're going to use the puppet. Um, if not, if I don't know that, I mean, I just, I try and make it really comfortable mm -hmm. for them. Um, that's a big, that's a big thing in my mind. That was always 
you know, a, a, although Jim never really cared. He worked some <laughs> of the most uncomfortable puppets that were ever built. But, I mean, he did want his performers to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I don't know what it is. It's sort of an innate kind of thing. I can't, I could never pinpoint it exactly. I just, there's a lot of me in those puppets. Well, let me ask you this. You were aware uh, that, you know, Jim really didn't care, but the other, he wanted the, the puppets to be comfortable for everybody else. Right. As you got to know the performers, did you get to know what they liked in a puppet? Like, oh, I know that Jerry likes to have a certain, you know, something in, inside the head of the puppet, or I know what Richard liked, or I know what Frank likes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There was what, definitely some of that going on. What Can you remember any of those kinds of things for any of those guys? Like Jerry, what would he tend to gravitate to in, in all of his puppets or in most of his puppets? I mean, he just wanted a flexible mouth, you know, yeah. as much of a, you know, as much movement. I mean, that's, when we were first building puppets, it was more about closeness to the hand, manipulative. Ability, I can't even say the word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that word is. Yeah. Whatever that word is. Just so that it would work really well that your hand could do. I mean, the problem that I see now is with a lot of my Sesame Street puppets is the heads are just getting gigantic because yes. everybody wants them. I mean, they're going from, <laughs> they're going from how tall they're going to be. And it's like, I no, know. no, no, you can't go that way. you got to make it close to the hand, you know. You've got to yeah. have some, there's got to be some play in there. And that means kind of head size and, and uh, yeah. you know, the ability for the puppeteer to be able to yeah. manipulate the puppet. Yeah, manipulate yeah. the puppet. If it's too big, yeah. it could, I mean, that could add weight, you know, weight that leans forward right. when you don't, you know, is it's not great. Yeah. That would not be yeah. great. What you're creating is is a piece of art that we are then taking and, and bringing to life somehow. So I think that you putting a lot into your, into the puppets that you create is one of the secrets for sure. And it's, yeah. it is unquantifiable. You can't put your finger on it. It's really hard. It's just, I, I don't know. I just... I really like it. And my, my favorite part about building a puppet is doing the first mock-up. Because a mm -hmm. lot of times the essence of that puppet is immediately there. It, it, and I, again, I can't explain that. I mean, and sometimes you lose that when you make the real puppet. I try not to, but sometimes it's just whatever comes out right away. So when you're building a puppet, and you've gotten a design from, from someone, and they say, here, build this puppet. What's, what are your first steps? Basically, the first steps are to try and figure out what kind of foam, what materials we're going to use. Like um, a soft foam, a, hard, a more dense foam? More dense foam, a combination of the two. Are we going to, um, is the head going to be carved um, out of a solid block, uh, a foam? It's, it's kind of... You know, how, how, how big is it? Um, a lot of times we'll take a sketch uh, and we'll blow it up to the size that, you know, they want it to be. So it'll be, you know, and then you'll look at it and you'll go, well, okay, the head looks way too big. <laughs> so let's shrink the head down a little, you know. Yeah. 
So you'll, you'll kind of figure that out first and you'll do that all on paper. And then you start, we usually use like upholstery foam um, because the other foams are expensive. So upholstery foam, it gives you the general shape of it. So you'll start, sometimes I'll take it from another body that's already built. I'll go, well, that kind of looks like it's the size of, you know, whoever. It's Julia's body. It's so-and-so's mm -hmm. body. So I'll take that and I'll start hacking it. <laughs> I'll yeah. make it up quick and then I'll take pieces away or add pieces to it until I try, you know, until I get a shape that I like. If you're using, you know, some flimsy foam or whatever, whatever you're using, how are you putting it together? Are you gluing it together? Or are you Sometimes I pin it. Sometimes I'll pin it together. A lot of times I'll glue it together just because mm -hmm. you'll get a better line and you know, whoever's going to look at it, at look at the mock-up can see that better. A lot of times you'll get, you know, when they start to look at the mock-ups, they'll, they'll get into, if you put features on them, <laughs> which I tend to not like to do because they'll get all absorbed in the features. And it's like, no, 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 that's the last thing that goes on. Yeah. Look at the shape of the puppet first. Yeah. And is this mock-up workable? Can you put your yes. hand in it and see how yeah. it works? And yeah. Definitely. And at that point, are you thinking, oh, what I'm going to need in here, it's going to need a brain or it's going to need a, you know, a, a palette of some sort. Are you thinking yep. all those things through? I am. I am. Yep, definitely. I mean, a lot of times you'll need to put like a head stuffer in there. Mm -hmm. I'll try and figure out, you know, where I want to put the grip in the upper mouth. Do I want a thumb grip in the lower? Is the lower jaw close enough that you don't need one. At this point in that that phase, is the performer, if they've been cast, is the performer ever involved? Do you bring them in or is this a little bit later? That's a little later. Usually okay. the mock-up, we just, you know, go straight for shape and mm -hmm. not so much for function quite. Um, the head usually is a little more refined. I'll try and get the smile curve in there. Yeah. And a lot of times though, if I'm showing um, producers or stuff the mock-up, I won't have put any fleece on. And they're always saying, I don't know, I miss a smile curve. Where is a smile curve? I'm going, oh, the fleece, guys. It'll be there. It'll be there. <laughs> It'll be there. Don't worry about it. It will yeah. smile. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the performers, if we know who they are, usually come around um, when we've been given the okay to go ahead and start building the puppet. All right, so you have that mock-up. It needs no changes. What's your next step then? The next step is to go ahead and start using the real materials. So that would be, you know, Scott foam if we want to do that. Usually the bodies are out of Scott foam or L200 mm -hmm. or something. So then we'll go ahead and start doing that, pattern the fleece, get the head started. Once we get to the point where we're putting, want to put grips in, Mm -hmm. then if we know the performer, that's when they'll come in. A lot of times I'll have, if I know it's for, you know, one of you guys, <laughs> I have a little tiny hand, so I'll get somebody to put, you know, a right. man to put their hand in the puppet right. and say, how does this feel? <laughs> then a performer comes in, they try it on, they're like, oh, I would love to have a thumb cup in here, or I just need just a little bar in the top. And then that's, that's put in, they go away. Right. Then, so you've got this kind of foam, is it just a foam skeleton, I guess, that you've got of the puppet, and then you start to add the fleece to the top yes. of it and yep. start to finish it out that way? Yeah. And, 
once we do that, I mean, that's when we're, you know, trying to figure out jointing in the arms. I mean, mm. Julia is an interesting case because she has the arm because she's autistic. She's got yeah. the kind of, and Michelle Hickey actually figured out how to do that on set. So, so. just for those of you that are following along here, <laughs> Julia, <laughs> she kind of flaps her her arms, her arms and her wrists kind of flap on their own. And right. if I remember correctly, the, the rods go in through the elbow. Right. And through both elbows. So it gives her that ability to make it look like she's flapping her arms. And what, 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 is, what allows it to do that that you said Michelle kind of came up with? Um, I'm not exactly sure. Oh. I'm going to find that out because <laughs> <laughs> I okay. have fair enough. Her part. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right. Then in, instead of that question, I'll ask this. As you are stitching the fleece together, mm-hmm. there's something called the Muppet Stitch. So we should <laughs> talk about the Muppet Stitch because is that used on every puppet? It is, but you know what? Everybody thinks it's something different. Oh, really? Somebody think, yeah, there's some people that think it's the baseball stitch and some people think it's the ladder stitch and mm-hmm. some people think it's a whip stitch. It's like, hi, <laughs> okay. You're here to set the record straight. Okay. I was taught way back in the 70s that it's a very small, tight, consistent whip stitch. That's the original Muppet stitch. Very small, consistent whip stitch. Yep. What I've added is that I knot it off every 10 stitches or so, just so that if it's going to come apart, it comes apart in a small place. Yeah, and it doesn't keep unraveling. Yeah, it doesn't oh, keep that's unraveling. very yeah. smart, Raleigh. That is. That's really, that's great. That's a great idea. So, but I mean, I use the ladder stitch to close up. You know, there's always something that you can't get to from the inside. So if I have to close something up, I use what they call a ladder stitch. Hmm. And that basically, what happens for me anyway, I've tried using the baseball stitch and the baseball stitch for me forces the edges outward of the flutes, which I don't like. And I know people use it and it's fine. If you can do it and you're good at it, by all means, use it. But (laughs) I like the whip stitch because I take, you can take and steam that seam absolutely flat. I mean, I know Anne Holgrun who builds a lot of Kermit's that's, she uses that stitch too. And you can't see the seams. You were talking about doing a, a ladder stitch. Mm-hmm. Is it the same thing? So let's say we have to, for one reason or another, we have to open, sometimes you have to open the back of the puppet's head so you right. can get in through the back of the head or maybe there's right. a repair that needs, needs to be made. I don't know. But then you need to close that head back up. If it's fur, is it a different, are you doing it a di- different process no. than you are with the fleece? No, it's the same. It's the same process. Again, if you're closing that last little piece off, I would use the ladder stitch because it's, it's forcing those edges back in again, which yeah. is what you want. Um, mm-hmm. Fur, I use I use the whip stitch on the fur too. Yeah, and it I mean, closes it. Fur, you have less. I mean, a lot of people, you know, figured out how to stitch it on a machine. I still do it all by hand. I'm just wow. old school. I mean, <laughs> what can I say? All it's the way fine. back to when you were an eight-year-old, you're just stitching away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we were talking about all these credits that you've had, and we've only we've talked a little bit about it, but we haven't mentioned Sesame Street, really. Right. When when did you 
start working on Sesame Street kind of consistently? I, I okay. I mean, when I when when I was an intern, I helped Carol Lee a lot on Sesame Street. So mm-hmm. that was my very first introduction to, you know, Muppets at that point. And then I went away, worked on the Muppet Show, and did all the other stuff, and didn't really do a whole lot on Sesame Street until eighty. Six or eighty, nineteen eighty-six or eighty-seven, and Carolee at that point gave me Elmo to do. Now it was already a. It, he was already created, he was right? called the Little Red Monster at that mm-hmm. point, and he had just started being Elmo. Okay. When and I, what did she want you to do to recreate? She him? wanted me to build him. After that, so I've built him ever since nineteen eighty-seven. Do you so know I, how I, many you've built? Over the oh, years, God, so many. <laughs> <laughs> a dozen? Oh, at more? Least, oh, probably more than a dozen. Well, because they're uh, every every foreign country has their oh, Elmo, right. and you you're building all of those. I'm building all of the Elmos. Yep. Has I've built anybody every, else built an Elmo? No, not since just 1937. You. Just me. Just wow. me. And the only I'm the only one building Abby. You built so. the first Abby, right? I built you, the very first Abby. She was she was created. Uh, when when she was sketched out and designed and everything, how what was that process? Well, like the, the very first we uh, Jason Weber and I were called into a writers meeting, and basically the writers had said, you know, this is what we want. We want her skin to be slightly different. We don't want to use fleece, but we don't want to use fur. You know, we want hmm. something in between. Um, she's unique, uh, yeah. you know, she's a fairy and they, you know, talk costume a little and all of that. And they gave us a general idea of what, you know, how big they wanted her and what they wanted her head shape to be like. And I can draw, but I haven't spent my entire life doing it. So I tend to go for three dimensional. So they sent, they sent us back to the workshop and I made two or three different heads, which I still have in a box somewhere Mm. back in the workshop. And one of those looks very much like the Abbey that we have now. However, somewhere in there, Ed Christie was also invited to do some sketches. Now, there is a bit of contention as to who did Abbey. He did the sketch of her, but... And I don't know, my head looks, and my head came first, looks like his. The only thing that's different are the eyes. And he did, uh, you know, the shape of her eyes that they are now. Yeah. So, I mean, he's... So it's almost like a little... Mish- there's a little, of, yeah. yeah, going on about that. It's fine. Does that happen, though, with characters sometimes that there would be some collaboration and somebody might say, oh, make her eyes wider or let's give this character Absolutely. eyebrows. And then that was not on the original sketch, but it just kind of happens. Or yeah. you as a puppet builder might say, I'm going to add some freckles or something. Yeah, yeah, that Absolutely. might happen, right? I mean, he did, oh, yeah. I mean, he definitely did the sketch that we mm-hmm. used. Yeah. So, but again, it's like so much, I, I, I like, I would love there to be a term of a three dimensional design yeah. because there's a lot, a sketch, there's, there's a whole world between a sketch and the puppet. 
And then there's the whole world between the puppet and when the puppet is performed. Yeah. So, but I feel like the puppet builders get left out a lot. And you hear about, oh, it's the sketch, the designer, the da da da. But there's no, you know, I it, it's hard. It's hard. I, I would think it's it's really hard to translate from a flat, two dimensional drawing. Um, uh, did you do tango? Yes. Okay, so that yeah. I mean that is a character that was yeah. that started out as a two-dimensional uh, character and was built from a two-dimensional character and I remember just because I was kind of following along in the process of this right. that that's not easy to do in any in, in to get what people's minds are uh, into this three-dimensional not only just making it three-dimensional but making it three-dimensional and making it look like a Muppet, like a puppet yeah. that, that fits in the world of the Muppets. I think that's really hard. We had, and I still am not happy with him. I mean, oh, really? he still to me looks, well, I mean, he, he was an animated thing and he yeah. was always going to be an animated thing. And then they decided they wanted a puppet of him. Mm -hmm. And it, they're, Things just don't work the same, you know? It's fine that they're there in an animated picture, but you get, I mean, he's got a big head and a little <laughs> tiny body. That's right. Yeah. And it's like, and we, I just, they don't, I know sometimes they don't listen, you yeah. know? It's like, yeah. but it's got to be performed. You've got, all you've got is his head and screen. You can't. <laughs> That's or true. Leslie, yeah, sometimes you just see, yeah. There's yeah. nothing she can do with that body. No, and no, I, I mean, I, it is difficult. It's hard. It's and, you know, the other, doing it the other way, because if you think of, well, we've got Elmo, and then you're going to animate him, he does change. He changes going from a three-dimensional character into a two-dimensional character. I tried to tell them. Yeah. I tried to say to them, look, your Elmo, your animated Elmo does not look like my Elmo. Right. But kids know who he is. Right. It's like, what's the difference if your dog actually works for the performer, the body's a little longer, the head's a little smaller. But yeah. doesn't it matter? I mean, the right. kids, the kids know. Yeah, <laughs> like, I agree. And, it, you know, it does, then it is left after you've created this uh, yeah. piece of art. I feel so badly about Tango because I want Leslie to be able to work this dog. And she well, does a really good job. She does a great job, yeah. But... But it could be easier, right. you know. She could do more if yeah. the body were a little longer, the head was a little smaller. And, she and doesn't I hope have that... big. I mean, the the ears. The ears are great. I love yeah. the ears. They but perfectly. She's got huge cables and all the stuff dragging her down. It's like, yeah. can't we have a or can we have a second dog that doesn't have earmuffs? Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, because because uh, Tango's ears, they are, you know, every there's a lot of things coming out of the bottom of that puppet that make him activate. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a learning process, too, because it was, well, Julia really was maybe the one of the first that went from a two-dimensional into yes. three-dimensional. And that seems yeah. to be pretty successful. I mean, that that character looks like what she did in two dimensions, but somehow isn't exact, but looks very no. nice in 3D. And maybe she's got a longer body. Uh, she does have a bigger head, I guess. But it's a really big head. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
but, one, but it seems to work a, a little better. Yeah, there's one picture that, that that keeps being put up on social media with this cute little blonde kid and Julia. And the little blonde kid's head is like this big and Julia's head is this big. And I, I keep going, oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. Ay. Well, you've also built Zoe. You built Zoe. Yep. Right? Yeah, I built Zoe. And Julia, like we said, you do. Yeah, my her. daughter actually helped me with with Zoe's hair when when we were first making it. Ariana was like four, and she was <laughs> into sparkly things. So that's when uh, we added the mylar sparkles oh. to, to Zoe's hair was because of Ariana. <laughs> and how do you do that? How do you what what oh, is that material? Is you it? make little feather plugs, and you're basically you know you take. This many pink feathers and this many orange feathers and this many little mylar oh pieces. Goodness. And then you put a little hot glue on the end and you just make, you can spend two days making plugs <laughs> for Zoe's hair. Wow. Yeah. Kind of like putting feathers on Big Bird. Oh, God. Takes <laughs> oh, that's an ever- even longer. That's a much longer <laughs> process. <laughs> Did you ever have to do anything like that? Did you ever have to put feathers on a Big Bird? No, you know what? I've managed to pretty much not have to deal with Big Bird. <laughs> you know, fine, whatever. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Matt. <laughs> That's okay. We are going to pause my interview with Raleigh Cruson for a minute so that we can ask a puppeteer about not puppets. Ask a puppeteer about not puppets. Today, we've got a question for Louise Gold about not puppets. Louise. Yes. Have you ever been arrested? Hmm. I don't think I have, but obviously you can tell it. I had to think for a minute. You know, like, there's always that feeling of guilt. I don't know those questions when people ask you, you think, I don't think I have, but maybe I have. Maybe, maybe I, I have. was in prison for 10 Does years. Does he know something I don't know? Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I don't know anything. No, I don't think I have. I've never been right. arrested. Louise. Did you have a nickname when you were growing up? Richard's family. I don't think Richard, but they call me Weezer. Um, Lula Bell. Um, Luby Lou. Who called you you Lula Bell? Who calls me Lula Bell? I don't know. Somebody. Somebody. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay. People. Somebody (laughs) once did. Somebody called me something once. Goldie. I like Goldie. Oh, I like that one. Goldie. That's fun. Yeah, nothing very exciting, though. No, those are all great. Those are all perfect nicknames. Ask the puppeteer about not puppets. We're back with Raleigh Cruson. Is there a a Sesame or Muppet character that you feel like you identify best with? Um, Wembley. (laughs) Wembley, whom you you also you also built. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. I just again, I don't know. It's something sort of innate about Wembley. I always thought he was really successful, just the way his head moved, his mouth moved, you know, just who he, you know, how Stevie made him be. I I just really, you know, from the very first time I, you know, did the mock-up, I knew that he would be a cool puppet. And the, the shape of his nose and, you know, just kind of, or, or whatever that is, <laughs> I guess it's his nose, <laughs> the, the front of his face, I don't know. There's a ping pong ball in the front of his nose. Is there? With a hole, so you can just stick your finger in there and you can actually, you can actually move uh, it if you want to. That's pretty great. Did, did yeah. you build the Wembley puppet for the Fraggle series that's coming to Apple yep, TV Plus? Yeah, I did. 
I did. did. So I, I did Wembley again. All these years later, you got to rebuild Wembley. Yeah, it was really interesting doing that, doing the whole thing. I chose, I also built red for the first one, but I chose not to do red this time. I did Wembley and I was kind of in charge of, well, the first time around, I was in charge of all the background puppets. So this time, I was also in charge of all the background puppets. Ah. Yeah. So how many do you, how many puppets did were created for the the new series? For the new one, um 30, 40 puppets probably. Wow. A lot. I mean, they weren't all they were they weren't all they were all all the background puppets were brand new but based we used the old patterns. Uh, and were any of those Oh, that's cool. That's really cool actually yeah. that they were yeah. based on the old yeah, they were, were all, we used of, the original patterns. Wow. Are, are those fraggles, uh, are they yeah. like whatnots or, or are they? A lot less like whatnots mm-hmm. because they don't, you can't, they, they don't have noses. I mean, their noses are built in, so you can't right. put a nose on top. They don't have ears. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, all you can do is you can change their hair and you can uh-huh. put lids on them. There, I mean, we did do a lot of, you know, switching back and forth on that kind of stuff, but uh, they're not as, you know, the variety isn't there as much as it is with whatnots and AMs. What an exciting thing for Fraggle Rock to come back. Yeah, it really is. I'm really excited to to finally see it. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I want to talk now, did you ever spend any time with the Muppet performers over the years, maybe, maybe outside of, of work or, or maybe inside work. That's fine too. Or do you have any specific memories of them? If, if I said a name of a puppeteer, (laughs) (laughs) tell me what your, your impression or maybe something about them that you, that you felt because you, you must've come in contact with them over the years. Um, I'll start with Carol Spinney. Oh, Carol Spinney. I mean, his, his stories, (laughs) Anytime you see Carol, he was full of stories. Yeah. And from the time I met him, he was full of stories. <laughs> and I, I realized that he and Debbie must have met just about the same time I was coming to Muppets. Yeah. So, and that wasn't, you know, I, she wasn't on set as much then, obviously, as she was later. Right. But yeah, it was. Oh, he was. He was great. He was. He was a lot of fun to be around all the time. Yeah. How about Richard? Oh, Richard! Richard took me on my first motorcycle ride. <laughs> I had oh, never gosh. been on a motorcycle before. I mean, Richard was. <laughs> Richard was. He said, "Oh, sure, come on, put this helmet on." And he, we, you know, we rode around for a while. I don't even remember where we were, but <laughs> that's <laughs> like, amazing. okay, that's great. Thanks, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Richard was, you know, generous to a fault, was mm. always, always taking people out to dinner, um, even way back Muppet days, yeah. you know, Muppet show days. It was, he was always, you know, he was always the one that, you know, kept the spirits light and he was, nice. he was wonderful. <laughs> Frank. Frank. Frank always scared me. <laughs> he, he always scared yeah. me. He was always so serious. He's intense. 
He's so intense. <laughs> Maybe back in the old days, he was yeah. intense. I mean, he seems to have had, lightened up a little bit. Yeah, he has. I think, I think, honestly, I think having kids mm. lightened him up a lot. And then he became a little more human and not quite so, like, I can't, I mean, <laughs> I was still a lot younger than he was when I mm. started. So, you know, he and he, he and Jim were, you, we were like, woo. <laughs> It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Jim then. Jim. Jim was like my dad in New York. He yeah. was always, I mean, he, he let me, I moved from Brooklyn Heights into Manhattan and he let me borrow his Jaguar. What? To move my stuff <laughs> in. <laughs> and I'm going, are you sure? <laughs> like, Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I was, uh, I was so afraid it was, something was going to happen, you know, between Brooklyn and New York. I think I was, now I'm a lot less uh, brave. I probably mm. would said, thank you very much now, but back then it was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, he would, you know, take us out to lunch, and I spent time with with Don Celine and, and Jim, and you know they'd be, you know, at lunch, you know, making sketches on napkins and talking about stuff. That was great. I'll that bet. was that yeah. was to really that was really that. cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet that must yeah. have been so neat. That was that was fabulous. I have to tell you about my one funny. Well, I have one really funny Jim story, which you would appreciate. Yeah. Um, it was during Muppets Take Manhattan, and we were doing the locker scene, and there was some lighting or something was going on, so everybody was kind of standing around. Jim was on his rolly cart on the floor with Kermit, and they were, everybody was sort of standing around, waiting for lighting or whatever it was. And I'm standing there, I'm, you know, head wrangler at, for that. And I'm staying there kind of, you know, watching. And Jim calls me over and he says, my arm rod just fell out of Kermit. I went, oh, God, you know, that's the last thing you want is for an arm rod to fall out of right. Jim's frog. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Right? Yeah. So, okay, I said, okay. And I put it back in, you know, pin it in, do everything, walk, hand it back, walk away. And I'm sort of, like, watching him now. And I'm watching him, and he's twisting the arm. He's got the arm, and he's just uh -huh. twisting and twisting. And he looks, he, you know, you know it's just about to fall out again. And he happens to look up at me, and he sees me looking at him. And he, he just bursts out laughing and goes bright red. <laughs> and I just sort of go... <laughs> he was playing. <laughs> he was playing. He was bored. He was yeah. playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. It was really funny. Oh my gosh. Um, what, what what was it like when you when you found out that he had died? Oh God, that was it was awful. Yeah. I can't even. I. It, it was a morning. It was. I had just seen him on the. It was Thursday or Friday before that, and he'd had a bad cold, and he was on his way to see relatives. I think it was in North Carolina, but he was 
getting on a plane and going down there. And I think it was Monday into a Tuesday that he passed away. And we came into the shop and, you know, I was like the first one there and somebody from the main office came over and it had been raining. So his face was wet and we thought it was because it was raining. And then he told us that Jim had passed away and everybody was just like, you know, nobody knew what to do. We were all in shock. Um, I think at one point they called us over to the main office, which was on 69th street at that point. And uh, Fox five was right outside the shop. So of course there were reporters there who were kind of like in our faces when we left, it was like, what are we supposed to say to you? I mean, you know, it's yeah. like, this is, it was, it was, it was, it was an awful time. It was just awful because none of us knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Did you think that that was, that was it? Like the company was going to just. It could have been. Yeah. We weren't sure. We just didn't know. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, his death, because it was so sudden, I think that's the worst I've ever felt about anyone who's passed away. So sudden, and just so sudden. So sudden. It was so sudden. And, and people were, I mean, most people were really nice, but when we had the, when we had the funeral for the memorial service for him, mm -hmm. somebody came up to me and asked me if I could get their son a job. I'm going, Oh, my boss just Not died. My time. friend just died. Why are you doing this? And it was like, it was, it was very strange. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can only imagine what a, what an odd, unbelievable, it feels surreal, I'm sure. It, it was totally it, surreal. Unexpected. Yeah. And well, thankfully, the company did continue on yep. and the Muppets live on. Yes. And, uh, and you are part of that. You are part of continuing that legacy for Jim. So That's I'm, how I look at it every day. If I happen yeah. to be having a bad day, <laughs> it'll be like, <laughs> no, I'm still... This is, I, I'm here because Jim still wants me to be here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Raleigh, you do some other puppet building as well. You build some puppets for David Rudman's company, Spiffy. I do. I do build puppets for Spiffy. I like yeah. Spiffy. I've been building puppets with David since Curious Buddies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, way, way long ago. I yeah. I built Curious Buddies, did Jack's big music show. Bunny Town. I worked on Don Quixote now, which has mm -hmm. been a lot of fun. I, yeah. I like working with David. David is really close to Jim in demeanor and working with people and wanting to get the best out of people. And he, he gets the best, but he also brings the best mm. out of people. And he's yeah. really good about new talent. He, he's you know? fantastic. I love working with Spiffy. I've said that on this podcast more than <laughs> once. That it's it's such a joy to work with David Rudman. It is. It uh, is. And, and he's a great guy. Yeah. Well, he's um, a great collaborator. I mean, he's always before. I mean, when I was doing like Jack's big music show, mm -hmm. there was, we didn't have Zoom calls. We didn't have <laughs> That's phones. Right. That's he would just send me a quick little 
you know, sketch, like Jim used to do like little here, build this. Right. And David did this. And now David's got people who put it on the computer and do all that. So it's a little different, but David used to do all the sketches and they used to be like five lines and he'd say, build this. And I'd build it and I'd send it to him. And he had to basically work with whatever I sent him. (laughs) So I had a hope that I was doing what he wanted. (laughs) Yeah. It's they're great puppets. I love working spiffy puppets, whether they're the little tiny uh, bunnies or, or uh, the donkey or like, uh, you know, King Friday. um, Yeah. Yeah. Such great great things how how long how long do you think that you can build puppets raleigh how long do you (laughs) want to build puppets i would love to build puppets for a lot longer it's the commute it's the (laughs) the stinking commute that's for me too i can't stand the commute (laughs) i could just magic myself there cut out the commute i you know they'd never get rid of me (laughs) (laughs) i know i know yeah that is the hard part is the commute do you drive in um i was during the pandemic when we had to go in every you know once a week or something Mm -hmm. i was driving in but i you know what i'd be fine driving in in the morning but trying to get home yeah at night especially like you know fall Uh, winter when it starts getting dark I'd be tired and I would yep. not, I wouldn't yeah. want it. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So I take the train. I mean, the train's fine, but it's just, it's like three hours out of the day. Yeah. It takes up a chunk of time. Yeah. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, you've built these amazing pieces of art that people get to see, that people get, myself, I'm privileged to be able to put on my hand and bring to life. And um, we are all grateful for you. And the people that get to see your work on television and, the, and in the movies, man, what a, what a treat they, they get. Because I love the fact that I get to build puppets for, you know, so many different countries. And yeah. hopefully they're helping. Yeah. You know? Your work is all over the world. Yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. It's almost, <laughs> whoever it's, thought, I never thought. I know, yeah, who knew? Whoever thought. <laughs> yeah. It's so, so wild. Okay, Raleigh, I'm going to ask you some rapid-fire questions. Now, usually these are kind of framed for puppeteers, but I have crafted some specifically for you. So here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. (laughs) What is the hardest part about being a Muppet builder? Uh, Doing a character over and over the same character many, 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 many times. (laughs) (laughs) And making it consistent, making it stay stay the same? Is that what it is? The one before, yes. Yeah, I'll bet. That's really hard. Yeah. What's the easiest part about being a Muppet Builder? Um, Having fun with my friends. (laughs) Ah, I love that. What is one of your favorite things about being a Muppet Builder or Puppet Builder? I think it's probably just getting to make wonderful things all the time. Yeah, yeah. If you weren't a puppet builder, what would be your career? I'd be a small animal vet. Really? Yep. That sounds. (laughs) Uh, I've always I love animals, and I've always when I was growing up, that wasn't one of the things women could do, but most. Most veterinarians at this point are women. Yeah. So yeah. I missed the timing. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, next lifetime. <laughs> maybe next time, yeah. What is the best piece of advice you've gotten during your career? 
I'm not sure if it's the best piece of advice, <laughs> but it was a Diana Birkenfield quote, and that was, take the money and run. <laughs> I don't know that it's the best, but... It might not be the best, but it's pretty good. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Good, yeah. Uh, okay, and the last question is, Jerry Nelson said to me once, Sesame Street is great, but always have something that is your own that you create. So, Raleigh Crewson, what is that for you? I think that's my daughter, Ariana. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Do you get to spend a lot of time together? Not as much as I would like to. She lives yeah. in Virginia, but we do spend a lot of time, and we're always on the phone together, as I everybody in the shop knows. So, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, Raleigh, thank you so much for talking with me today on Below the Frame. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. I had a great time. You're a wonderful host. I have oh, really enjoyed your show. I've oh, listened you. to all of them. So oh, gee, thanks very much. I have. Wow. <laughs> You're well, great. Thanks. Thanks very much. Well, you have plenty of time on your commute if you, if you want to listen to them. I do. <laughs> well, that's it. That's Below the Frame. We're going to be off for two weeks, and we will be posting repeat episodes, which you should definitely listen to if you haven't already. And if you have listened to them, maybe re-listen to them. Then we'll be back January 12th with a brand new episode where I go Below the Frame with David Rudman. Ooh. Get updates and stuff about Below the Frame and Muppets and Sesame Street and, I don't know, pictures of my kids and stuff on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok accounts at Welcome Matt V. Below the Frame is produced by me. The theme song was written by Stephanie DeBruzzo and performed by my band, The Mighty Weaklings. The podcast artwork was created by Dave Holtine at DaveHoltineDesign.com. Thanks to Raleigh Cruson, Bruce Linoil, Louise Gold, and as always, my son Jack for being a part of this episode. And thanks to you, the fans, for listening. I am Matt Vogel. We will see you next time when we go Below the Frame. Bye-bye. Go, go, go Below the Frame.